Sean Mize here, and in today's training segment, I want to share with you the overall conversion model for converting cold traffic as it comes to your squeeze page, converting cold traffic into coaching clients over the first 10 to 15 days that somebody is on your list. So the background for this, of course, is if you're creating a coaching program, you have a coaching program, but what you may have found in the past is that folks may not join your coaching program until they've been on your list for, say, three months or six months. Now, there's a couple of possible reasons for that. There's probably many more than a couple of possible reasons, but some of the big reasons are, number one, the person that comes onto your list doesn't trust you to deliver until three to six months. The second component could be that you're not aggressive enough about getting folks to think about joining your coaching program until that three to six month period of time. Likely, it's a combination of both. You see, if you simply become more aggressive about promoting coaching to someone who doesn't trust you yet, they're not going to buy. So I believe that trust Building trust is one of the most important components of getting folks to want to join your coaching program. Let me say that again. Building trust is one of the most important components of getting folks to want to join your coaching program. You see, if you're selling a one-off offer, so it has some nominal price on it, it perhaps comes with some kind of a guarantee, it has bells and whistles and pictures and whatever it is, and, and it really meets what somebody's need is right now, sometimes people will make an impulse purchase, even if they don't trust you, when they've only been on your list for a few days. And so it's easy to allow that to proxy for trust, meaning that at the back of your mind, you think, well, I'm making lots of sales of a low-ticket item or a medium-ticket item on the first few days on my list. People must trust me. Well, that's not necessarily the case because if you're doing a good job targeting the right people to come to your squeeze page, then the person comes to your squeeze page, they have a desperate need, and you're using all the right words to tell them that you'll solve the desperate need, and so they make an impulse purchase, and because it's a lower ticket purchase, it doesn't matter if they don't trust you because they figure that you'll probably at least half deliver, and maybe you'll solve half their problem for you for them. And, and there's just this mentality that it's okay. But with a coaching investment, they're recognizing that this is something long-term. You're going to be helping them long-term. And what that means is they recognize that you're not going to solve their problem on day one. It's not like they're just buying some training and they're going to listen to it. It's going to solve their problem. No, they're going to have to listen to the sound of your voice for a few months. They're going to have to connect with you a little bit over the course of the next few months. But if they don't know who you are and they don't trust you and they've never heard the sound of your voice and you've never written enough to them that they can you know, really dig in and see who you are, then they are not going to be very inclined to join a coaching program even if they would have bought a product. And so what I want to do is kind of share with you an overview of the trust components that need to happen 
very, very quickly. And when I say very, very quickly, I mean in the first few minutes after someone joins your list and in the next five days. In the first few minutes after someone joins your list and in the next five days. And I'm going to try to do this sequentially for you. But before I get into it, I want to talk just a little bit about the psychology of how we trust and the psychology of how we bond. And obviously, if we're going to we're going to bond and get someone to to want to trust us in the first few minutes and then the first five days, we're looking at short-term trust techniques. So when we look at long-term trust, you get you have these short-term trust techniques, but long-term there's one more component added long-term, and that is are you consistent? You see, consistent people tend to be trustworthy. So if you tell somebody on day five that you're going to do something for them on day 10, and you do that, and then on day 30 you tell them that in a couple of days you're going to release something new, and in two more days, day 32, you release it, and then on day 45 you tell them you're going to teach them something powerful the next day, you're beginning to build trust over time that that you're going to do what you say that you're going to do. So you can't build that piece of trust instantly. You know, and if you look at a long-term relationship, and, and this might be a marriage, this might be a good friendship, the reason, one of the reasons that a long-term relationship can remain solid and bonded even if you mess up, even if you do something you shouldn't do, even if you violate trust somehow, is because over time you've shown this pattern of who you are and you are who you say you are. And so there's this pattern of trust that although it is temporarily broken by broken promise, by a violation of trust, by doing something stupid, whatever the case is, because there's this long-term bond, you can usually go back to that bond. The person is recognizing inside of themselves that they trust you, and they're more willing to, to forgive the faux pas, forgive the sin, forgive the error, and then move on. Now, obviously, if the error becomes regular, then you have changed the dynamic of your trust relationship, and they now trust you to be untrustworthy and not trustworthy. Okay? So what we're going to be talking about here is short-term. Short, how you can, soup, you can make short-term trust happen quickly. From a human perspective, in order for people to trust you online, they have to relate to you in an offline way. Now, notice I didn't say they have to relate to you offline, but they have to relate to you in an offline way. So how do people relate to us in an offline way? We sit down and we have coffee. Well, what does that really mean? If we break that down into the digital components of it, what is, what is having coffee? Well, it's breaking bread. It's it's consuming some food or drink together. That's a bonding experience. We're able to see the person's face, look them in the eye, and we're able to tell whether or not their words are congruent with their facial expressions. Now, you may say, Sean, I don't know how to tell if somebody's eyes and facial expressions and then the wrinkles in their eyes and the next to their eye are congruent with their voice. That's okay. But have you ever had a situation where you're talking with somebody and you're looking at them and you're hearing the sound of their voice and you're thinking, that person's not very authentic. That person's not telling me the truth. What that means is that somewhere in your inner core, you were 
picking up signals that that person's not trustworthy. You were picking up that their eyes weren't matching their lips. You were picking up subconsciously that their body language wasn't fitting. And so when we have coffee with somebody and we're telling the truth with each other, we pick up those signals. And when we pick up those signals, we begin to trust the person. So what else do we do in an offline way? We do things together. So we participate in an activity together. What else do we do offline? We talk to each other. So we hear the sound of each other's voice. What else do we do offline? We write back and forth to each other. We are able to answer questions, ask questions, answer questions, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what you'll probably also notice once I mention it is that inherent in all of these different experiences is that you, when you're building an offline relationship, you are targeting various parts of people's brains. So, for example, if you have a short-term relationship with somebody, you're just building a friendship, and in five days, you have coffee five times. You will not grow as close to that person as if you have coffee once, you go to see a movie once, you have an in-depth, heated email discussion once, you take a long walk once, and you possibly even discuss some argument or polarity with the other person. Now, the polarity can push them away, or as you resolve the polarity, it can make you stronger. So you may say, well, well, Sean, you might say that, well, I'm spending more time at the movie. I'm spending more time on the walk. Well, let's just imagine that we spent the same amount of time at the coffee shop. So we spent two hours at the coffee shop one day. We spent two hours at the coffee shop five days in a row. You still won't feel as close to that person as if you spent two hours doing five different activities because you're able to target five different parts of your brain and the brain is able to tell you if all the different parts of interaction are congruent with each other. And if they're congruent, then trust is built. But your brain knows that if you do the same activity over and over and over again, that you won't get as much information. And your body just knows this at a subconscious level. So what happens is when you think about going online, and if you do something that is totally online with no human interaction, you're taking a survey, you're taking a quiz, you're pretending you're a bot, you're interacting with a bot, you're making a purchase with some shopping cart that is not human in nature. When you're doing those kinds of activities, it's a very cold level of activity. And so I want you to imagine that somebody comes onto your list and all they receive is, let's say, five emails that just tell a story or that just have some facts in them. That's all they ever receive from you. That mimics the kind of that lifeless bot activity. That mimics that lifeless bot activity. Now, is it a tiny bit higher than that? Well, yeah, it's a little bit higher in trust because it has your name on it. Now, if it didn't have your name on it as, as a signature and it had some name, then it would feel really cold. So, for example, if you receive an email from some retailer out there with a sale or there's a new scarf that's come in, you don't feel very bonded with that email, do you? But if you receive an email from a human that you interact with that has their name on it and you believe there's a real human behind that and it's not a fake name, it's a real name, that that's who they are. If you, for some reason you believe that to be true, 
then you're going to have a much deeper trust and bond with the person behind the email than you are from the email from some retailer. Even if the email from some retailer is, you know, got the perfect images, it's got split test images, it's got split test headlines, and it, sure, it may get people to go buy scarves, but there's no personal pull to it. The more that we can mimic a varied offline experience in the immediate moment after they subscribe, perhaps even the immediate moment before they subscribe, and the first five days, you will be able to mimic the idea of offline bonding. So, how can we, how can we proxy for this? So, we, I kind of talked about this idea of, of spending time with someone. So, spending time with someone builds trust. Okay, so how can you get your client who does, or prospect who does not know you? It's a cold client. They don't know you. Not warm market. They don't know you. How can you get them to spend an hour with you? Well, you send them to a part of your website that's really, really engaging. So they read an amazing step-by-step -step tutorial, and they just want more. And so they click on another part of your website, and you've got 200 articles, and they're trying to read as many as possible. Have you ever been to somebody's website? It's a professional website. And somebody, and you even know the person. You trust the person. You've been to one of their webinars, you've watched the video, you trust the person, you've been recommended to a person, and you go to the tabs and you click down on articles and there's three articles. You're like, well, what about their blog? And you go to their blog and they've got three blog posts. You go to their courses, they've got one course with no price on it. You go to their coaching page and it says, I'm available for coaching, send me an email. Well, how long does it take you to see that there's only three blog posts and three articles? Oh, about two minutes. And if you're like me, of course, if you're like me, I look at it from a marketing perspective, and I'm like, this person is just leaving so much money on the table because they're not bonding with people when they come to their website. So that's what I think. But if you're like me just from a human perspective, you're thinking, okay, I spent five minutes there. I've learned everything I can. I'm not really bonding with that person. But I want you to contrast. When you go to a website, You've been to these websites before. Maybe somebody sends you a blog post or something, and you, you look at the recent blog posts. And there's 10 blog posts on a page for 100 pages. There's 100 pages with 10 blog posts each. And you just start scrolling through them about every time you click on it and read it because the headline jumps out. The subject line on that blog jumps out. And then you've read everything you can read, and then you wonder, is there anything else? And you click on the articles tab, and there's another 1,000 articles. And you click on the videos tab, and there's 75 videos. And you're able to just immerse yourself. Have you ever done that? You've been at somebody's website, and you only went there to look something up real quick, and an hour later you were still engrossed in their website? Okay, now, by the way, I want to be clear here. I'm not telling you that you have to have this. This is just one tiny little thing that you can do to increase trust. You can do all the other easier things if you want to. I'm just bringing this out as a point. If your prospect can spend an hour, a virtual hour with you, instead of on some social media website, or instead of doing their homework, or instead of working on a project for their boss, if you can capture an hour of somebody's time because your website is so engaging that you send them to your website to take a look at a couple of blog posts and a tutorial, and they spend an hour there because they get hooked on some of your videos. 
guess what? You're bonding with that person. Now, we talked about talking with someone at the coffee shop, and they're able to see the, the lines in your eyes, and they're able to see you smile. How can we proxy that online? Well, we can do it with videos. We can have a video where we're just looking right at the camera, and we're just looking right at the person, and we're not reading the script. We're just looking in somebody's eyes. We're just looking in somebody's eyes, and we're, we're, not, we're not trying to be stiff. You know, so many times when people do a video, they want to be stiff, and they want to be professional. Hi, my name is Sean Mize, and I'm a professional, and I'm going to share with you a professional demonstration of X, Y, Z. Just listen carefully, and if you'll take out your notes, and you'll number it one through seven, I'm going to help you fill in each one of those blanks. Folks, I have that voice. But guess what? That pushes people away. It doesn't draw them to me from a trust perspective. But if I just use my common, normal voice with you, just like I am right now, I'm talking in partial phrases. I'm using language inflection just like I would if I was talking with you personally in my living room and we were having a little discussion about something. And if I look into the camera as if I'm looking to you, and I actually visualize one person's face, and I'm explaining to them about some component in the business or some component about you know, whatever it is that you teach. And if I have a, a few videos like this, and I can get the, client, the prospect to watch those videos during that first five days, they're going to begin to feel a natural and subconscious bond and pulling to trust me more. It's just going to happen naturally. They're going to want to trust me more. And notice, as I'm doing this, as I'm getting them engaged in my website, as I'm getting them engaged with video, I'm able to touch multiple parts of their brain. I'm able to touch the reading part of their brain. I'm able to touch the verbal part of their brain. I'm able to touch the sight part of their brain with the video. If I give them a homework assignment, I'm able to engage the working part of their brain and the writing part of the brain. Now, what does that do at a subconscious level? It implants an image of me into their brain at multiple points. And I'm a believer that the more different parts of somebody's brain that you can get your picture to hang out in, because they've done something with you in that part of their brain, the more they trust you. And I believe that the more somebody trusts you, the more they buy, if, if obviously it's a good fit. And so we want to be very, very careful that we and, – and by the way, let me, let me say this. Okay, let me say this first. We want to be very, very careful that we're using these techniques to build genuine trust to change people's lives, not to use these techniques to, to uh, just try to sell some products so people will give you their money. One of the things that you may have noticed if you've been following me for a long time is that I do these kinds of things to build trust. But my sales pages themselves are not nearly as aggressive as the average good sales letter out there. Now, could I write them? Yeah. Have I written them? Yeah. But I would prefer to spend my energy getting folks to trust me so that when I write a sales letter, they're buying because of the meat of the sales letter, not because of my hypnotic clothes. So many... So many entrepreneurs, so many online entrepreneurs, so many teachers, so many copywriters focus on 
almost a hypnotic language, even if they're not using that word. They want to have the, just the perfect language on a sales page so that it ropes people in, and so they click the orange button instead of the green button. You know, marketers split test. Does the orange button get me more sales? Okay, here's my opinion. You know, and, and by the way, don't, you know, I don't want to tell you that I'm necessarily above the idea of using an orange button if that just, you know, I mean, if more people will click an orange button and it's just that simple, I'm probably going to use the orange button, okay? So I want to be totally transparent with you, okay? But I don't want to go out of my way to use techniques on my sales page that get people to subconsciously want to buy. I want folks to want to buy because they've read all the details about the class, they've read all the bullet points, and that's exactly what they need in their life right now. And you say, well, Sean, if I write a sales letter like that without any kind of, of, of oomph, without any kind of NLP or hypnosis involved, people won't buy. And the reason is because if you send cold traffic that has not been warmed up with the trust-building techniques that I've just partially described, well, of course they won't buy because they don't trust you enough, but you're twisting their arm with hypnotic, promising language that gets them to open up their wallet. I do things opposite. I don't want to use that kind of language to get people to open up their wallet. Instead, I want to do natural things that mimic offline trust building so that people will desire to work with me, and then when the right offer comes along, they choose to work with me. You'll also notice I don't just have one offer. Many, many folks have one offer, one big offer, and they just optimize it and optimize it and optimize it and sell the same thing all year long until it won't work anymore, and then next January they come up with a new offer. I do the opposite. I have hundreds of offers, which I sequentially share with people once they join my list, sequentially share with them over time with no great, I don't have any great urgency that people just have to buy the first item. If they, the first item doesn't connect, that's okay. Next week there'll be something else. And then maybe that doesn't connect and it's not with their need. But finally on week three, I have, I've, I've talked to them about something that will change a part of their life where they're desperately having a problem, and then they'll buy it because they trust me. I haven't twisted their arm. I haven't twisted their arm to buy something they don't need. Because here's the thing, if you twist their arm to buy something they don't need, they're probably never going to buy from you ever, ever again. The average person that, that buys from me once buys from me again and again and maybe again and again and again. Many of my clients have bought almost every month, it seems like, for the last five years. Why? Because obviously the trust was built to make the first sale happen. But once that first sale happens, the first sale, the product, has to live up to the sales page or you've destroyed all the other trust you've built. But if the product lives up to the sales page, it heightens the trust, and they want to continue learning from you. I hope you're beginning to see the power in this. Okay. So what else can we do during those first five days? One thing we can do is send people to our well-populated website that's going to engage them for an hour. Another thing we can do is we could do a pre-recorded audio training or a video training that lasts for an hour. And as long as it's engaging, if we can get somebody to go to the link to listen to the audio or to go to the link to watch the video and listen to the video, they're going to spend that hour with us. Another thing we can do 
is, is create video such that folks can see our face and they can see us connect with them. That's one reason that I use software that when I'm recording, I'm able to show people my face wherever it is that I'm working. And it, obviously it's small in the corner. It's no big deal. But the, folks are able to feel closer to me if they see that occurring. Okay, so I'm, I'm not saying that, that every video that you do necessarily has to be what we call affectionately a talking head video where they're just seeing your face. You know, I do an awful lot of videos where I use PowerPoint or slides or I show demonstrations online. But because they've already seen me in one or two videos, when they hear the sound of my voice, they can see my face. I mean, think about you. As I'm speaking right now, you can kind of see my face, right? Because you've seen me on video before. You've seen a picture of me before. We're able to pull all of that together. And, and when the same thing happens for your subscribers, when they've seen your face or they've seen your video, they're able to begin to bond with you at an emotional level. Once they've heard the sound of your voice, when they read your emails, they're going to hear your voice as they're reading. Think about this. When I send you an email and you're reading it, do you kind of see my face and hear my voice just a little bit? Why? Because you've already heard the sound of my voice. So it's extremely important in those first few days for people to hear the sound of your voice, for people to see your face, for people, to, and then also for people to be able to see some of your work. And so if you've been published somewhere, if you've written an article that's been published somewhere, if you haven't, you might as well write one and get it published. Why? Because it adds credibility. Just being published on somebody else's website adds credibility. It adds trust. You being willing to send them to somebody else's website adds trust and credibility. So, and, and this is not everything. I'm just sharing with you some of the things that you can do in the first five days that kind of build trust. I want to look at it from a sequential standpoint. I told you I would do this, and then I wanted to really get into the details. But from a sequential standpoint, what needs to happen immediately when they're joining your list? The first thing I'm a really big believer in is that your, wet, your squeeze page should not just be some one-line exclamation mark just because it converts better. Because what happens is you get more subscribers, but they don't have any idea who you are. One thing you've probably noticed is that most of my squeeze pages have my picture on them. Why? Because I want people to recognize that they are interacting with a real human, me. They're not just getting a download from some bot. I'm sending it to them. And, and I don't do video on my squeeze as much as, frankly, I probably should. But video on squeeze pages helps build that pre-subscriber trust so that when they, when they type their name and email address in, they are already beginning to trust you. Another thing that you can do to build trust is to use a reverse squeeze page. So a reverse squeeze page is a squeeze page you send folks to them and they read some kind of an article and then they're given the option of going to an opt-in box. You say, well, Sean, doesn't that cut down on conversions? It does. What it does is it cuts out all the people that read your article and don't like it. Do you want them on your list anyway? I mean, if somebody reads your article and doesn't like it, do you think they're going to like your other 500 articles on your website? 
the truth of the matter is if that article, that reverse squeeze page is on your website and they don't like the article, they can click on a different article and read it and then maybe they like it and then they finally subscribe. One of the things that I learned and one of the reasons I believe that my uh, campaigns were so very, very successful when uh, I used e-zine articles as my primary traffic source was the average person, I estimated, the average person read seven articles, seven articles before they joined my list. What does that mean? They saw that I was prolific. They saw that I had a lot of articles to my name. They saw that I wrote on a lot of different topics. And they saw that I was consistent article and after article after article. And when they finally decided to enroll on my list, they already sort of knew who I was. They'd seen my picture. They'd read the article. You say, well, Sean, how can we duplicate that in the days of paid ads? Well, the truth of the matter is one of the things that we're seeing with paid ads, for those of you who are doing paid ads, you're finding that <laughs> excuse me, ad costs are going up and up and up. And the pay-per-click companies are making it much more difficult to want to approve your ad if it just goes if it's just a straight squeeze page anyway. If the ad does not offer good content, they don't want that ad on their network. And some folks might say, well, they haven't banned mine yet. Well, if if we look at historically what's happening, if we look at the new mandates that are coming out from the pay-per-click companies, what we're seeing is we're seeing a trend that they really want the content to kind of Give, they want the page that you're sending folks to to be content-oriented. How do you fight that? You make it content-oriented. Uh, you'll, you'll likely get lower, ad, lower lead costs, and you'll get the right people joining your list at a lower conversion rate than a whole bunch of the wrong people joining your list with a few of the right people sprinkled in. The problem is you don't know who they are. I'd much rather have a smaller list of committed, loyal people that really like me than to be able to brag about having a huge list, but hardly anybody opens my emails because they don't care. So those are the pre-subscriber things that you can do. You can have enough text on your squeeze page so that people know what they're getting. You can make a promise on your squeeze page and then fulfill it. One of those promises is, I'm going to teach you this, 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 and this. So let's say you have five bullet points on your squeeze page. On your giveaway, you want to take those five bullet points and you want to make sure they're highlighted. So maybe you've got five chapters in your giveaway and each chapter is about one of those bullet points. Use the exact same words. What does that do? When they read your giveaway, it inspires trust because in the back of their mind, they're thinking, Sean told me he was going to give me this and he gave me this. I don't want anybody questioning at the end of the squeeze page, at the end of reading my giveaway, did the giveaway really fulfill the squeeze page? I don't want anybody doing that. Have you ever done that? You've downloaded something and you've read it and you're like, well, that's not really what the squeeze page told me I was going to get. I bet you haven't bought anything from that person either, have you? Why? Because your trust was eroded on day one. I'll give you a surefire way to kill trust on day one. So you have your button that says sign up and you've written immediate download on the button because you've seen me do it and you've seen other people do it. You write immediate download on the button, but when somebody clicks the button, they receive the standard autoresponder page from your autoresponder company that says, thanks for submitting your name and email address. I have sent you an email that you'll have to look for in the next five to ten minutes, 
and when you confirm that you want to receive emails from me, then I'll send you the download. You might as well just write the one I just promised to send you and have now not sent you, and now I've broken all of your trust. Think about that. You want to find a way. It's different. I can't, I'm not going to give you instructions here because it's different with all the different autoresponder companies. But you want to find a way to get your opt-in box to prompt, do whatever the promise was, to send them immediately to the download. Why? Because that builds trust. Now, some folks will ask me, they'll say, Sean, if I do that, then people won't confirm my, the email. Well, let me ask you this. If somebody reads your giveaway and they think it's rubbish, even if you tricked them into confirming earlier, are they going to read your emails if they thought your giveaway was rubbish? Probably not. They're going to be more likely to unsubscribe. They're going to be more unlikely to, to report spam on you. They're, they're going to be more likely to just dump your email in their trash box immediately and send a signal to the, the delivery companies, the email delivery companies, that your emails aren't worth anything. And then all of your emails start going into your spam, your spam box. Have you ever noticed that sometimes that a lot of marketers' emails go into the spam boxes? Why is that? Because of behave, one of the reasons is because of behavior like this that gets people to, uh, to confirm when they don't really want to be confirmed. But let me ask you this. If somebody reads your giveaway, and then when they open up their inbox, because remember, they didn't go to their inbox yet. I mean, you don't want to send them to your inbox to confirm. They might see somebody else's email and not come read your giveaway. You want them to read the giveaway right now while they're hot. So they read your giveaway. And it's a good giveaway. It's a juicy giveaway. And at the end of the giveaway, it sends them to your website where they can read your other thousand articles or whatever's there. I'm exaggerating. But, but it allows them to really engage with you. And they finally get to their email. And instead of some standard boring confirmation line, like, uh, please confirm you are who you say you are so you can get a daily email from me for the rest of your life. I'm being a little sarcastic, but come on. I mean, that's what the standard subject line really means to most people when they read it. It's what it means to me. But instead it says, confirm to receive your five extra bonuses. And then when they open the, uh, the email, it says, I hope you've had a chance to read the promised download that I gave you when you submitted your email. I've got five more bonuses that you will receive immediately when you click the link below to confirm. What do you think might happen to your confirmation rate if your giveaway was good, they wanted more, and you gave them five more bonuses? I'm not saying it has to be five more. It could be three more. It could be two more. It could be one more. It could be a special video that's timely. But the, the idea here is use the confirmation email as an opportunity to build trust, not an opportunity to break trust. So now that they're on your list, I've given you a whole bunch of pre-on-your-list things that you can do, talking about what they need to do on day one when they get to your list. Okay, So whatever it is that you've given them as a download, make it downloadable right there on your website so that they can see that you have a 1,000 articles, so they can see that you're credible, so they can see your picture, so they can see that you have 75 videos. You may say, Sean, but I don't have 75 videos. Well, if you'll just do one five-minute video a day, it only takes five minutes, do one five-minute video a day on your, on your cell phone, your smartphone. Just do five-minute video and then click Upload to YouTube. In 75 days of just five minutes, you'll have brighter teeth. Oh, no, seriously. I mean, if you brushed your teeth after every meal with a special whitener 
for five minutes a day for 75 days, you have whiter teeth, right? Well, it's the same thing here. If you'll just take that same five minutes for 75 days, you'll have 75 videos that can feature on your website. And so when they go to your website, immediately after they've inputted their name and email address, they're going to read the, the, the giveaway. It takes them 10 minutes. The giveaway is going to lead them back to the website. You're going to send them to a video that you want them to watch. It's 18 minutes, but it's amazing. It's absolutely engaging. And at the end of it, it doesn't ask them to buy anything. It sends them to a document on your website that will give them a homework exercise. And when they do the homework exercise, they're directed to another video. They're hooked for a whole hour. They have now invested a full hour in working with you. They're beginning to trust you. Now, let me ask you this. If you did nothing else in five days, if your competitors who did the normal salesy stuff and you each had a promotion for an identical product at an identical price and the, the, your prospect had not bonded with anybody else but they had bonded with you, whose product will they buy? I believe they'll buy yours. Why? Because they trust you more than the other person. Now, what you're going to do over the next five days, and by the way, when I say five days, I'm just mean the first five days. I do this over time for years in my email campaigns. I'm just telling you the first five days. But what you want to do is each day you want to vary the, 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 uh, the method of interaction. One day you're going to send them a video. Don't just send them a video that just ends. Send them a video that's in a YouTube playlist of other videos you'd like them to watch. So if they really wanted to watch videos for an hour, they could. Or send them to a video that has a homework assignment at the end, and the homework assignment is done on your website somewhere, in some way, so that they're able to interact with you. They're able to interact with your website. Or maybe it, if it's for you it's not feasible for them to interact. You know, maybe you don't have a survey, or you know, maybe you don't have a recipe guide, or whatever it is depending on your niche. But you give them a homework assignment. The following day, Maybe instead of the video, you give them a homework assignment first, but the homework assignment has three parts. Part one is outline something. Part two is go watch this five-minute video, which is, again, you. Part three is write a brief summary of something and post it on their website. They're going to be actively linking you with their website now because you've asked them to do something with their website. So now on day three, so what have we done so far? And by the way, there's no special order for this. There's no special order. If I was working with you personally, then maybe just depending on what you had, I might change the order around just a little bit. But I'm just, just from a generic standpoint, I want to hit all the points of interaction. And so, so I've done a video. Now I've done a homework assignment. Okay. Now, you know, have you ever written like a 100-page uh, PDF that was supposed to be a book published, but you got bored of it, and you got tired of it, and you just decided you didn't have quite enough information, you couldn't get it published. It's just sitting there on your hard drive. Here's what you do. You take that document, you convert it to a PDF, and now this is your, your day three document. You send day three document out, and it's, you tell them it's your unpublished book, and uh, you're giving them a complimentary copy, and you'd be delighted if they read it and sent you an email telling you what they liked or did not like about it. Okay, what, what am I doing now? See, I didn't do this on day one, although I could. Many marketers do it on day one. I didn't do it on day one. I do it on day three. I want to get them communicating with me via email. Why? Remember I talked with you at the very beginning about 
mimicking human trust-building factors. Well, one of the human trust-building factors offline is communication. So we don't want this to be one-way communication where I'm talking at you. No, I want this to be communication where I ask you a question. You ever seen any of those emails that I send out that say, you know, I've got a question for you. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? What's your opinion on this? What am I doing? Now, I, I may be genuinely trying to come up with survey information for a new product, and if I tell people that that's what I'm doing, then I am. But a lot of times, I'm just building, I'm just building rapport. I'm just building rapport. And then when those emails come in, I answer them personally. I don't have to write them a book. All i got to do is one line answer to each person. And what's that going to do? It's going to prove to them on day three that I'm a real person. It's going to prove to them that I communicate with them. I'm everything I say I am, and it's going to build trust. Why? Because of this back-and-forth communication. So now maybe on day four I send them somewhere where I have a published article. So maybe you've gotten an article published on a big blog, or you've got an article published on a little blog, or you've got an article published somewhere, you've got a blog published somewhere, you've got a little ebook you turned into a, a Kindle on Amazon. You send them to it. Not because you want them to buy it, but because you're creating credibility. And your, your page where that Kindle is located on Amazon should have your picture on it, should have some good reviews on it, should build you up. So you've added additional credibility. You know, what could we do on day five? You know, maybe day five is another homework assignment. Maybe, maybe day five is another video. Maybe day five is a sales letter. You know, maybe, I'll tell you, I write a lot of sales. I enjoy writing copy. I really do. I enjoy writing copy. And I've had folks tell me that they learn so much just from reading my sales letters, even when they don't buy. So you could send a sales letter out for something that you don't intend folks to buy. And if they buy it, great. But maybe you price it high enough that they're probably not going to buy it anyway. Okay? So, I mean, you're, you're not going out of your way to just convince people to buy something. And maybe it's a sales letter, but you just don't have a payment button on it. But the sales letter tells some stories about you and about your clients and about your backgrounds. Most sales letters do, right? So when somebody reads the sales letter, they're learning about you. Or maybe instead of doing that, maybe that feels too cheesy to you, you send them to your About You page. But your About You page on your website is not, um, it's not some resume. No, it's a, it's a story about how you got into the niche that you're in and how you've learned and what struggles you went through. You humanize yourself when you talk about struggles. You talk about your struggles. I struggled with this. I struggled with that. And you put all of those types of things into that sales letter, and they're able to read the sales letter, and maybe it just doesn't go anywhere. You know, maybe instead of having a payment link, it says, if you'd like to be considered for this training, uh, shoot my staff an email or shoot me an email. So it allows them to have the full experience of a sales letter without ever even actually being asked to buy anything. Now, what I've just given you is like the tip of the iceberg of all the psychological components that you can put into your email campaign over time. If I gave you 50 times more than I'd have folks asking me, well, which one should I use? So I've just given you enough to write that initial campaign right here. But I can tell you that when you do these kinds of things, you will build strong trust for whatever it is that you ask folks to do next. You'll build strong trust for whatever it is that you ask folks to do next, whether that's enrolling in your coaching program or whether that's come to a webinar that tells them about something cool 
or maybe you do both. You have a two-step process, a webinar, and then a coaching program. Maybe you have a coaching program first and then webinar for folks that don't join your coaching program. So you build out your funnel, but the most important part of selling coaching is building the trust-based relationship. And based on what I've just given you, I believe that you should begin to believe right now that that trust can be built simply using the sound of your voice and certain words on a, on a page and certain links that send people to, that you can build credibility such that people really, really trust you a lot. And then if you have a coaching program that meets their needs, you have a coaching program that really will change their life, then that coaching program will be, whether you sell it through a webinar, whether you sell it through a written sales page, whether you sell it through an audio sales page, however it is that you sell it, as long as they need what it is, they have the trust built between you and them that they can believe that you're going to be there in 90 days. They can believe that you're going to be there in six months. They can believe based on the volume of content that you've created that if you say that you've created 27 lessons, they can believe that you've created 27 lessons. And since they believe that you've created 27 lessons, now they have the belief necessary to buy whatever it is that you're asking them to buy, or in this case, to enroll in the coaching program. So to review of the overview, I've given you an overview of what this, this funnel can look like. So it may have a sales letter, it may have a webinar, it may have both pointing folks to a product and then a coaching program, or both folk po pointing folks to a coaching program. And obviously over time, we can work on you know, how to implement all of those other pieces. But what I wanted to give you today was the fundamentals of building trust in the first five days on your list so that as people move through your automated email campaign, your automated email funnel, they'll trust you enough to take action when whatever it is that you're offering them would be a good fit.